If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Hey, everybody. It's us again, live on Facebook. And this is Annette. I'm Myrna. And we're airing from Grangeville Christian Church. We want you to know that the expressions of this showing our our words and stuff is not necessarily the expressions of Grangeville Christian Church. Mm-hmm. And this is October 19th, 2018. No. And we also have a... No, it isn't. Oh, that's what it says here. Well, it's it's July 12th. Oh, yeah, that's right. July, July 12th. 2018. We have a guest speaker today right. on... On our show. And October 19th was the first time he was on our show. Yeah, that's right. And it was the number one show. It was the number one show and has consistently stayed the number one show. And we're excited to have him back on our show Mm -hmm. today. Yes, we are. Because one thing is he's our favorite pet. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, it sounds like he's a dog or something. But he is a, he is a a very good guy. He's a very sweet guy. And he is going to talk about some important stuff today. Yes, he is. And, he's, and he's, he, he is on the phone. He will be, we will be talking in 30-minute um, segments because ta- um, he's calling from a state prison. And so he has 30 minutes, and then he has to hang up. And you will probably hear um, the operator say, you know, you have one minute left. And then um, we hopefully will then go to a commercial break, and then we will, he will dial back in and um, – We'll we'll talk thirty minutes more with Levi. Well, the the, yeah. the operator won't say one minute left. We're telling oh. him when we're going to break. Okay. So anyway, Levi, welcome to our show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay. How are you guys doing? We're doing, doing pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Awesome. Kind of. Awesome. Just give us kind of an update of of what's happened since October. Well, uh, man, a lot has happened. Uh, you know, as as you guys know. Uh, it just so happens that uh, I've had the blessing of, of God placing me in one of the greatest Bible camps that I think anybody could go to. Um, and there's ups and downs in that. There's uh, triumph and struggle. There's joy and sorrow. There's, uh, there's no doubt. Um, you know, I've went to board again since then. Um, I've, uh, you know, uh, we're working diligently to get out of here. And, um, you know, for you guys, of course, that know now, now for the viewers that know, you know, I've made prison a revolving door. And before Christ, um, you know, I wasn't much of a human being without Christ. And so now I'm at that point with the board where they're having a hard time making a decision about letting me go home from my past before they knew. And, of course, from worldly terms, there's a a lot of things that they don't understand or know about me. And we we still struggle. We strive forward. Um, You know, for me, I've continued through, uh, openly engaged in active ministry. Uh, I lead a ministry called Christ for All where I teach and preach the Word of God. Uh, right now, we're doing a big thing. Uh, we're, we're doing a father's class right now. And we just graduated 22 men through this father's class. It's, uh, it's, a, it's based on a movie called Courageous and a curriculum by the Kendrick Brothers called The Resolution for Men. And we're, we're working on some guys. There's a whole bunch of fathers in here that struggle so much trying to figure out how they can be any kind of father from a place like this. Um, so we're really attacking that right now, and, and we're doing some things. We just started our next set of classes, and the first classes happened the 7th and the 11th. We run two of them because it's grown so much. And just seeing these guys, uh, getting to see them for the first time in there where they're closed off, the prison mentality strong. They, they're not into talking. They're not opening up. And knowing what that's going to look like in 12 weeks as the, as the Lord continues to work in their lives and really breaks down a lot of barriers that they have going on. Um, so, so we're doing a lot of that right now. And um, that's been my main focus in ministry right now is that Father's class. Uh, and it's been enjoyable. And there's a lot to that. So you said the prison mentality. What, not everybody knows what that means, Levi. You know, and I don't think there's a set definition. It's definitely different for different people. Um, In general, though, as people come into prison, we have 
Uh, we've got a lot of things that we go through. We're, we're bitter. We have resentment. Uh, it takes us a long time to look at ourselves and our part in what we've done. We're so worried about the fact that somebody's taken us captive. They've removed us from the world, and that's the way we look at it. Through time and through, through this father's class, we get a chance to teach men and let them know that, hey, you took yourself out of the world. Um, you did that. Uh, you know, we have a tendency, there's, there's that prison guards and, and inmate mentality, that there's that separation between those two, and that they're bad people and they're against us and all of that. And so breaking down those walls and seeing and understanding that they're people too, they're here for a job, they're not the ones that put us in here. And really just letting go of the fact that this is everybody's fault but our own. Uh, there's a lot of that in prison, and it takes a long time to break that down. Okay. How hard is it for you, Levi, to do a Bible study there? Oh, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot easier now. <laughs> At one time, it was extremely difficult. Um, getting men to come together and to serve God... Uh, it, it can be challenging. There's, there's no doubt about that. There's a lot of broken people here. There's a lot of hurt people here, and they want to feel loved. We want, you know, it's natural. Everybody wants to feel loved, cared about, things like that. A lot of that comes, you know, we see different religions come in here, and, and, and they know how to love in a worldly respect, and, and that attracts a lot of people. It's appealing. But getting down to the core foundational values, the truths about the gospel, and knowing who Jesus is, and realizing that you're going to get peace, you're going to find comfort, but, but that's not, it might not look like what you thought. I know when I came to Christ, I had some kind of weird misconception that white ticket fences were going to be pounded out around all of my problems, the fences were going to fall, and I was going to walk out of here. Um, and that's what a lot of men are hoping as well. So getting so that they can really see who Jesus is. That Jesus isn't your genie in the bottle. He's not your three wishes. He's somebody that wants to come in and transform our lives, our hearts. He wants to make us into a new creation. And so it is difficult. It does hit bombs. I mean, there's people here that aren't impressed. Our chapel here is what's called an interfaith chapel. We share rooms. We're in the same hallways with rooms with people that practice Wiccan religion, Satanism, all kinds of things are going on in what we call a chapel, the place that we use as a church. So at the same time of that being an obstacle and a stumbling block for so many and some, for me it's an amazing opportunity to get to realize and A, show the people up there that that church, that chapel, that's a building. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. When we walk up the breezeways of this prison, church is going down that breezeway at that moment. It's nothing to do with the building. And because of the obstacles that we have, we get a chance to see that. And, and B, that, that we're here to love. We're called to love people. It's not, it's not, hey, you're a Christian. And I think so often... Now, we've, we've, we began to make Christianity this private club where we just want to lock the doors, and if it smells the same, looks the same, feels the same, we want to hang out and interact with that. But the call is to go out into the world. And sure, we're faced with that all the time because we're around such a diverse amount of people, and we don't have the opportunity to not be around them. We're forced into an area with them where we have to face that, which is great news because it's exactly what Jesus has called us to do. So, so besides the Father's class and the Christ for all, do you, do you have any, like, one-on-one -on -one, um, studies with some of the guys? Absolutely. Um, you know, we walk the track. We, we do talking. We, you know, um, we often meet for one-on-one. -on -one and, and for a guy that stands out and is a figure here that does do ministry, I'm often sought out by people just to talk about what's going on in their world. And we take it to the Bible. We deal with it there. Um, there's really no other need to go anywhere else besides the Bible. It's got the answer. If you're willing to pray, if you're willing to meditate, if you're willing to listen for that answer to be responded to you, it's there. And Jesus is waiting. His arms are open, and he's waiting to give us those answers. So, yeah, absolutely. And in my mind, uh, you know, often when I'm preaching, I, I tell people, I say, I'm more excited about what's going to happen five minutes after this service is over when I get to walk out behind the church and I get to listen to church happen as they're walking back to their units, and I get to hear the conversation. It's like I tell them, until then, it's just me talking to you guys. But when you guys start interacting and talking about what you heard, it makes it mingle, and that's when church starts occurring. And what a beautiful thing. And then it comes back into the units, and it spreads. 
people split up. They talk about what they've heard. Individual conversations do happen. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron as a man sharpens another. And that really begins to take place in those kinds of times. We see guys start to walk out of the chapel and not hang up who they are in Christ as they walk out because there's this misconception that you can't be that on these yards. So when enough Christians get together, when that light shines strong enough, people take that back out of the chapel with them and they're not quasi-Christians no more than hyper-Christianity for fear of being persecuted or whatever might happen, made fun of. Our persecution obviously looks different than so many other places. I mean, there's third world countries where people are fighting for a small room that they can hide out and hopefully not get themselves hurt, killed, property taken, or whatever for their practicing their faith. For us, it looks a little different. You might get called names, you might get bullied, you might get whatever for being a Christian here. But as we come together and as numbers become bigger and we show that we love, all of that changes. How do you, how much do you, from October to today, and I don't know if you can even give us an estimate, how much do you think the increase of um, born-again believers has risen just out of the Father's class, the Christ for all, and, and one-on-ones? You know, and those are just the things that I'm involved in. So we've got a great many other services going on, too. And it's hard to say. We have so many people flowing through here. Um, you know, it's not us that saves. It's, it's God. And so when those transformations happen, it's all that. It's all Him. And I know that it's growing. I know that two and a half years ago when I showed up back at this prison, I know it looks a lot different today. I know that our chapel today looks different. I know that what is going on is different because sharing that chapel with everything else, it, it, gets, a bad, it gets a bad stigma put on it that things are going on up there that shouldn't be. I know today a lot of that's gone. People are going to services for the right reason. So to put a number on it, I have no idea. Some months are better than the other. Some days are better than the other. I just know this. I know the church here at ISCI is growing. And I know that Christ is being manifested in the lives of men here. And I know it's changing more and more Mm -hmm. each and every day. Do you think that the danger of professing your faith is decreasing? You know, I, I don't, I don't know that it's decreasing at all, and biblically, it's probably not. Matter of fact, sometimes when there's more than other other people that are here, feel like they have to push back. Um, you know, obviously, we don't run into a church where people are just out getting beat up for their faith or whatever. Here. Uh, Today we have a problem. We have a huge problem in our world with mental health issues that we've labeled as mental health issues and things. I think it floats more into that. It's people just get bullied, picked on, taken advantage of, sometimes extorted for their, for their beliefs. They see a Christian as a weak man or something, and then they go after that and they take advantage. Um, mm-hmm. Does that does it change? I don't know. Um, I know where I'm at. I know we've got a strong... In the unit I'm in, I know we've got a strong group of others, and we stand tall for our faith. Um, and, and it shows, and it's good, and we don't hear a lot of bad things. And, and you know, the, the funniest thing is that some of the very same guys that, that choose to pick on people, bully people, or whatever, when, when their foundation starts to fall, when it all starts to crumble and, and wash out, the first person they find is a Christian brother that they've seen practicing their faith, and, and they go to him. No different than Nicodemus went, went in and talked to Jesus about it. You know, no different than mm-hmm. that. Trying to find out what was going on in the cover of darkness, we see that too. Gang members and whoever else and, and that are hurting. Their hearts are hurting. They lost a loved one. A family broke apart, whatever it is. And the next thing you know, they seek out a Christian. So for every bit of persecution that comes, man, there's blessings that come along with it as well. Yeah. So um, you keep using the word unit, and Annette and I understand what that means, but a lot of our listeners may not. Can you explain that? Right. So it's just a living area. Uh, For me, uh, I'm a worker here. We have a place called Idaho Correctional Industries uh, that I work at. So I'm in a worker unit. Um, It's it's basically our living quarters. Uh, My unit has eight different tiers on it. And there's 18 people per tier. Uh, there's a day room there where there's a TV, there's a couple of phones, a kiosk, things like that. So it's our living unit. And okay. there's a couple of dorm units that house up to 100 guys that are all living in the same, basically the same area. Um, so it varies in size. 
But that's what okay. these units are about. They're just basically all living quarters. Okay. So what do you think is your greatest um, challenge right now? Um, to be honest, right now, the biggest struggle that I'm facing is, as a Christian, uh, denying my right to self, uh, especially if things go on, as I have an uh, approaching board hearing, as I have a strong desire and a want to get home to my wife and my children, and still serving and being his, um, doing what I feel that I've been called to do, doing the, doing the call that God's put on my heart and continuing with that rather than getting caught up in my own, in my own wants and my desires and my fleshly concerns with the world, just trying to stay on, stay the course and continue to be his. Uh, sometimes that's hard. It's a struggle. We want things. We want to see things change. It's a natural desire. Uh, we want our circumstances to be better. We want to leave. Um, and for me, that's a big time. I have another board hearing coming up in September. I've got pre-board coming next week. So all of those thoughts are on my mind. Um, for instance, as I was asked to do the show, you know, it would have been very easy for me to say, hey, I have this pre-board thing coming up. But I knew if I would have done that, postponed it, the next excuse would have been, I have this board coming up. You know, it can take control that fast. Like, if we are not serving day in and day out, it can happen that fast, and then we see the backsliding occur, and then we see good Christian men start to recluse away. So knowing what we have to do and going forth, I, I know I've got a call on my life, and I know I've got to answer that call. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Levi, you, the parole board that we've gone before, you've been, you've been denied five times. And four, 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 four times, four, right? Okay. Yeah. We've been, okay. we've been denied four so far. Okay. And the last time we had a, a perfect plan for them and they denied you on that even. And the investigator that we, you had had approved you and then the pro board had denied you. How do you feel about all that? Yeah. I mean, how does that, how do you get past oh. that? Because you've done so good. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, for me, I guess the hardest thing is is that we have a battle going on. The, the Bible talks about it, and it's not a flesh and blood battle. Right. It's a spiritual battle behind the scenes. If I look at this through, through natural eyes and through a worldly sense, then I'm bummed. There's no other way to say it. You know, excuse my lack of slang, but I'm bummed out. And it's just that. But if we look through it through the supernatural eyes, I've got to be looking at what Jesus has in front of us. There's still character that needs to be built. Is there something else that uh, he needs me here for? And those are the questions we have to ask. One of the big problems, you talk to a Christian here, and they seem to think that if God isn't doing exactly the plan that you want him to do, mm -hmm. then it's not working in your life. Right. And that's not the truth. So I have to know, if, if there's a reason that God wants me else here still, if there's still some work I have to do, then I have to be okay with that. And it's a hard thing to swallow sometimes, knowing that I have a wife and two beautiful little girls out there, an amazing wife out there, who needs me home, who needs my help, and, and to know that. So looking at it through the spiritual life, I can find comfort and I can find rest in the scriptures. I can find rest in Jesus and know that he has a plan, that he's going to work out my life. Um, when I get sidetracked and I start grabbing it from a fleshly view, then it looks a lot worse. So it's staying spiritually grounded and knowing who I am in Christ that gets me through that time. You know, we were pretty well bummed out um, in March when they, the parole commission <clears throat> stated what they stated. And I can't imagine, I just can't imagine how you, how you what you went through. Because we got to walk out of those barbed wire fence. I pray for you every night. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, and, and you know, um, just knowing what what it what it had put uh, my wife through, my daughter had yes. a church, church bulletin that was going on, so she ended up having an idea of what was happening, and, and you know, and obviously my kids are looking for answers. You know, the when, the when, the when. Um, but I know this. I know that they're growing as well. I know today that my my two little girls have a prayer life and they have a relationship with Jesus and they know who mm -hmm. He is. I know that my wife mm -hmm. is a strong woman of faith, and I know that she has a relationship with God as well. And I know mm -hmm. that they run through that. I also know, that looking at it on the flip side of things, 
I know that that parole commission has an uphill battle. The decisions that are made, maybe we don't all agree with them, but they've got a hard job in front of them. And what it looks like on paper, if you look at my case in particular, it might look like I'm the guy that will never change on paper. And it's my responsibility to take initiative to find a way to get them to know who I truly am today. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of people sitting around here that are just expecting for the door to open up. And I'm a firm believer that if you want that door to open, you need to do something to get it open. Right. And that's on us. That's on us to show who we are truly. And they make it difficult. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It is hard. It's hard to prove who you are. It's hard to show who you are. There's very limited amount of things. There's, they have the view that, that prison is a little bit different than what it is, that, that this is just a place where you're going to do well. Um, they don't sometimes see all of them obstacles that we have here. Uh, so that's a challenge, too. So as much as I'm bummed out, as much as I'm hurt about it, um, you know, I, I, I understand it as well. And, and as Christians, I think it's our job to start looking at things from every direction. And mm-hmm. if we want change to occur, then we need to be that change. We need to do things. We were just ta- I was just talking to a group of men today, and we were talking about things. And they said, how do we fix these things? And they said, you know, do we push this into judges and courts and try to get laws? And I said, this isn't that kind of thing. It's a heart condition. We've got and to change hearts. We've got to change I think, minds. I think the best thing that anybody could do when they broke the law like that and stuff is start with an apology to the to the pro board for making them have to work so hard to to uphold you guys. I mean, you know, they have, they have, they put you in there and they think they're doing the best thing for you. They keep you in there so that you guys will learn and they think they're doing what's right. Well, and I understand that and I agree with your statement, but I think that once you've went through all of the programs and completed everything and had a perfect, um, what can I say, imprisonment, rehabilitation, that, that that should be honored. Do you, do you know how many people that's done that goes out, rebreaks the law, and goes I back in? I know. That's what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're trying to to make sure that the person is really rehabil- mm-hmm. you know, ready to go out in mm-hmm. society so they don't come back. But, you Absolutely. know, right is right and wrong imagine. is wrong. Huh? That's for sure. And I can only imagine sitting in their chair as they watch the same names come across their desk over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And they go, hey, we've given this man a chance. Here he is again. He's back in front of us. We let him go. And I can, I can only imagine what, what that produces in them. And not to mention when, you know, we've got some issues down here right now where some guys have got out of prison and they've done some horrible things that have made headlines in the news. And these people know that they're responsible for putting their name on the piece of paper. Yeah. That says, hey, yeah. I let him out. And, and so that, that's a hard spot, too. And we've got right. to know and understand that. Um, you know, there is no resentment. Um, you talked about programs. And you talked about what happened. I've got two guys that I know very well that I am in their lives each and every day. I work with them. I know who they are. And it's unfortunate that the board don't have the same chance that I do to see them the way I see them and watch the way they are in the moments when when they don't think anybody's looking and those, but they've done a significant amount of time and they just got dates that were brought out for a few years. Um, They've already programmed. And yeah, there is something to that. There may be a flaw or or something in the system right now that's allowing that because we do these programs here and these programs are designed for our release. Um, Right. So to take a man and then say, hey, you're going to be here two or three more years after those programs. That might not be the best deal, but this is something that they've got to work out. And I know this. I know that we're always trying to find a solution, and we're always trying to work it. And I said before, it's a hard condition, but my question is, are we praying about this? Or are we intercessing for this? Are we taking this to our Father and, and getting this handled? Because he's the one that changes hearts, and he's exactly. the one that can lay out a plan that works. Um, we complain a lot. We do a lot of those things. But prayer is the part where solutions begin. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and I really believe that that this is one thing that's always come up in my heart and mind is if the parole commission could go in there and walk around with you guys for a few days before the parole hearings, maybe they'd learn something. About the person yeah. they're going to pass judgment on. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, obviously there is, there's, there's, um, 
there is all kinds of things that we can hope might look different, might be different, and that we can possibly change. And hopefully those things will happen. Um, I know this. I know for me, I've walked out of this prison several times, and I've never done it as a Christian. I've, I've never done it as a man who knew God, uh, who's, who's, who has a walk. And I've walked out. I, I've never been a voice out there. And I'm a firm believer. If we really do care, then we should help these people make these changes and let them see mm-hmm. the things right. they see. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in September, my job is to go in there and show them my heart and let them know who I am today. And I, I, I feel like if I do well with that, and they'll give me a chance. Um, they've worked around some obstacles. This last time that they told me no was because they wanted to see me in a different place. And whatever right. their reasons were for that, I'm going to trust in God because I'm not going to look at their part and I'm going to trust in God that he's got something for me and that just like he has something for me being here right now. And we're going right. to do that. By staying here for these last six months, is, I've got the opportunity to just graduate an amazing class and then as well as class watch some men change. We've got some testimonies from this class that are amazing. We had a guy go through our class, had six kids, wasn't in contact with a single one of them. Didn't think he ever would be again. He's now mm. speaking with five out of the six. Oh, wow. He's Maybe you ought to tell them he that. He got up and did something. Levi. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe uh, you ought to tell the pro commission that, that the six months you stayed back in there did your world a good well, yeah, no, absolutely. And and, it, and like I said, if it was for that and that purpose alone, right there, that's one thing. We're yeah, called mm-hmm. to serve. We, we really hold on to the right to self, but if we start to give up our right to self, if we ask some simple things like Jesus said to his Father, not your will, but mine, not my will, but yours be done. If we can say that and we can do mm-hmm. that, then we'll watch God work through our lives and we'll watch the unfolding of that. Uh, you know, for the Father's class, one of our foundational verses in there is Joshua twenty four fifteen, and it says, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." It's making that decision. It's resolving to do something different. It's resolving to be something. As we go through this program, one of the things that I tell them right off the gate is, "I hope that I'm going to change a few of your definitions." And one of those is of what a man is. The other is what a father is. The other one is what integrity is. And here in prison, you hear the word as a slang used, and it's talking about being about something. Typically, that's somebody being tough and that they're a serious fighter or something like that. And I've taken that and we've used that different. And I've said, be about something. This man that was in the father's class that now is contacting five of his children, he was being about something. He got that's up right. and walked. And that's, that's the amazing thing here that we get to watch happen. And that's cool. And God smiles upon you. You know, I've been reading in Thessalonians and in some of Paul's letters and how um, he was in chains. And it reminds me of you being behind a barbed wire fence and how faithful Absolutely. you are. How faithful you are. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we were just talking about Paul last night. And, you know, Paul went from somebody that was royalty uh, exactly. as far as in the worldly sense of it. And Saul, he had everything he wanted. He had people serving him, bowing down to his feet, all of that. One minute remaining. We got one minute left, and then I'll give you guys a call back. But, uh, you know, he turned that all in for a snake bite, a shipwreck, imprisonment, all of that stuff. And, and he did it gladly because he wanted to serve his king. He wanted to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can be grateful for that. Yes, we can. What an example. Let me uh, hang this up, and I'll, I'll dial you guys back in. Okay. Okay. And we'll come back right, after break and finish talking with Levi. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing. A testimony of God's healing power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book. Turning the Curse into a Blessing. A testimony of God's healing power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. 
We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbadaddyHouse.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com Now, back to Myrna and Annette Alright, Levi Alright, so yeah. you, heard, you have two small children uh, and they are, how old are they now? Olivia and Peyton Olivia is 9 and Peyton is 6 Six. Ooh, you're getting old. Yeah, yeah. They're growing up quick. They are. They are. Um, you know, one of the things, and I, I just kind of, one of the times that we did work with the, um, we, when we went to the commission um, board um, in April of 2018, we had Peyton and Olivia actually write a letter to them. Do you mind me now that we're talking to the world? And do you mind um, us reading what they wrote to the parole commission about no, you? No, absolutely not. Okay, Annette, you want to read one? No, go no, ahead. Okay, right now. all right. So this is Olivia. Olivia, and this was like we said in 2018. Olivia is seven years old and is in the second grade. This is her message to you. I miss my dad. I know. I'm okay. So. I'll probably cry, so I'm sorry. No, I'm not apologizing for tears. I know he has changed because he reads his Bible and is leading others to Christ. He is a good person. He didn't believe in Christ, but now he does. I need him at home to build me a treehouse. Mom needs him at home to help parent to pay bills. To grow up without a dad is horrible. I feel like the only kid in the whole world without a daddy. I don't understand the better daddy gets the longer he has to stay in prison. He has changed, but they are not letting him out. And that was Olivia. <laughs> and they do, and Olivia does struggle with that. Both girls struggle with that. Peyton um, wrote, she's four years old then and is in preschool. This is her message to the um, Idaho Commission of Pardon and Parole. I love my daddy so much. I miss him. I need him at home to love on me. The judges are just being mean by keeping him in. Daddy has to build a John Deere treehouse. It is not easy growing up without a daddy. And um, again, this is what we read to the um, commission board. And that was in April of 2018. Again, another time when um, Levi was um, denied parole. So we have been working, working, working with... Um, with the family, and we will we continue to work with the family. Um, so, Levi, I know those are hard for you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Levi? Um, no, yeah, it is completely difficult. Um, it's a it's a struggle, and to know to hear so much in in those few words, um, they're yeah. powerful, and they're from a child, and. They're from the heart, and, and they're, not, they're not misconstrued with any of the ugliness of this world. It's just pure what their hearts feel, and um, they've grown so much. Uh, Olivia has just recently, we, we just had a talk. She's, uh, she's in the process right now. She's, she's asked us if uh, she could be baptized, 
And so we've had her reach out to the pastor and have a meeting with him and speak to him about what baptism was about. And as she was talking to me about it, we, we discussed some hard things. And my time came up. Um, you know, my, my girls have had times where, you know, they've cried to mom about asking them when I'm going to be home, and it's just been hard on them. And she's, she's growing from this experience, though, and she's, she's starting to grasp on to me being here and the fact that I have to be here for a reason. I've done some things. I've made some choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're growing through this. But, no, it never gets easier. To, it will it'll never get easier to hear those right. things and, until my girls are in my arms and, and I get to take care of them and I get to read them from the Bible at night and pray with them as they're tucked in. You know, my girls are little prayer warriors. Peyton, you, you've, you've yes, got to wrestle with her for the opportunity who's going to pray. Um, you know, so these girls are hard at work, too, and... There's, there's no shortcuts in how often that they go to God and they intercede in this as well and, and ask for his help in this too. Um, when that timing's right, we just have to know that that'll happen. But yeah, this is very difficult on our family. Mm-hmm. One of the, um, we, we interviewed, okay, so the first time you came on the show was October um, 19th of 2018. And, and actually listeners, we've been bugging him ever since to get back on the show. And, but we also um, interviewed um, Lacey and Peyton and Olivia on December 28th of 2018. So you may want to go back to that interview and um, take Kleenexes with you and listen to that because it is a heartfelt interview. But what I'm going to, I'm just going to pull out a couple of um, quotes that we took out of that interview. And, uh, and that is something that... We we also presented this, Annette, to the Parole Commission. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you want to read what Olivia had to say? Almost every single night, I lay in bed and cry because I miss my daddy so much. At school, Olivia fa- finds it hard to focus on her work because she's thinking about dad not being at home. Olivia states, Peyton always wants to stay with dad. I don't blame her because it is really hard growing up with dad in prison, especially if he's been arrested since, especially if he's been arrested since you've been one year old. Yeah. How has dad changed? Dad knows Jesus and brought our whole family to Christ. I think the police don't down there should let him out because they are looking at what he's done in the past, but not what he's doing now. He has really changed. He's leading more people to Christ. He's preaching God's word. I asked, what do you want daddy to do for you when he gets out? Answer, to be a pastor and him to lead way more people to Christ. And that was Olivia's answer. She didn't say, I want him to do something for me. Even though she wants you to build her up. Treehouse, yeah. But she, but she said, I want him to be a pastor and lead more people to Christ. What a heart. That she has. Absolutely. Levi, you're doing a good job. You are doing a good job, you and Lacey. Yeah. Which is, is, you know, we've kind of bounced back and forth with the father's class and a lot of why why I've been involved in that. And I'll I'll be honest, when uh, a friend of mine was getting ready to leave prison who had actually decided to start this ministry for the father's class, and when, when he was leaving, he asked me if I would take it over and to be honest, I, I, I've never been much for a curriculum-based class. Um, I preach and teach the Word, mm-hmm. and, and I, I try to be Spirit-led in everything I do. And so this, to me, was very different from that. It almost felt secular. And um, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I agreed to at least help until we could find somebody to take over. And it's become a complete blessing because we do have an opportunity here to be a good father. We do have an opportunity to be a praying father. Um, one of the biggest things that we we see here is we see people that aren't married, that have children together, that have toxic relationships, and this class teaches about forgiveness. It talks about the fact that the way we walk in here today is going to determine the blessings in our kids' lives, that we can be a blessing to them right here from here, even if we don't even have the opportunity to talk to our children, which I thank God I'm blessed with that opportunity, and I talk to my children daily. Some mm-hmm. of these men don't that attend this class. Mm-hmm. So they learn how to rely on God. Mm-hmm. They learn how to reach out to him in prayer. 
And these are the things we're doing. First Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. So it's be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong and let all that you do be done in love. We preach that pretty hard in the Father class. And it's just really a great, there's, there's five principles right there. It's a, it's a living and amazing, godly life as a father and leading our families from this place as well. And today we teach right. men that you can lead from here. You can lead your family from here. And men are doing that. Mm-hmm. Gotta say awesome. hi to Janice Nelson. <laughs> Um, one of the thing, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that Peyton said in that December twenty eighth um, segment of the show was that she wasn't scared in the beginning to visit Dad in prison because she was too excited to just get to see him. And that the happiest part about Christmas was that she that Dad got to get up and walk around with them because what she's talking about is <clears throat> when you go in and visit, you you sit at a table. They assign you a table to sit at in the visitation room. And um, Levi and the other inmates, they sit facing um, their backs. Well, they sit, you sit looking one way and they sit looking the other way and you're allowed to get up, but the inmate is not allowed to get up. And so Peyton was really, really excited that daddy got to get up and walk around and listen to her parting words for someone whose daddy is in prison. And again, we read this to the um, commission in March. And this is the only thing we read. We, this is what we presented um, in March to the commission. We, um, um, Olivia's statement and Peyton's statement. Um, and she said, no matter what, and again, this was what she would say to somebody whose daddy is in prison. No matter what, your daddy is in your heart, always in your heart forever. Never give up on your daddy. Awesome. And they haven't. And she said she wasn't scared to visit you. Yeah. Of course, Peyton's not scared no, of anything. <laughs> no, matter she's of fact, not. she's pretty sure she she's pretty sure she owns the visiting room here. So, um, yeah. she's she is she's super. She's not afraid of anything here no more, and she's on a first name basis with the CEOs that work visiting. Um, you know, and she's she's uh, got a, a really good relationship with them, and, and they're so kind and they're they're so considerate towards uh, towards my girls, and they they're just treat them wonderful. The thing that you uh, I want to I want to make mention of this because so often we're worried about the problems in prison, and, and and we don't take time to bring light to the great things that are happening, and. Mm-hmm. One of those things you just brought it up was the Christmas thing. Um, the prison administration here has got together and, and they've made holidays where the family does get to do some different stuff. Um, during Easter, they had an Easter egg hunt, things like that. During Christmas, they purchased gifts and let us give our kids a gift, and we did a walk around with them. I've got to dance with my daughters in the visiting room. Mm-hmm. I've got to pray with uh, one of my good friend's families, with all of our families together, and we've got to pray. Um, so some amazing things have happened. They are making some ground for families to be connected, and, and they're doing some work in that area. And it's amazing. Um, you know, you guys have shared now about some of the things that you guys have got a chance to hear from my girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the cool things I want to share with you guys, we, we have a system here called JPay, and you can send 30-second videos to each other. Oh. And mm-hmm. so the girls have sent me videos opening up for my services where they open up with prayer, and we've went ahead and mm-hmm. plugged those into the audio system in the sanctuary and let the girls open up in prayer through those videos. And to look out and see the effect that that has on men. I mean, you want to watch full-grown, tattooed men, some of them who are here for some very, very bad things, and you, and you watch them break, and you watch tears, and you watch life begin to pour out of them, and, and that, that there's a human being in there, um, that it's not just that tough exterior. But, uh, you know, I've got the opportunity and the blessing to watch my girls break down some barriers on some pretty tough men, <laughs> and uh, that's, been, that's been quite a blessing as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. That could be their little ministry. It is, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- I, I, t- I asked Peyton why she lied to her mom about not going to school one time. She told me she wasn't lying. She was only kidding with her. <laughs> I said, so that makes it not yeah. a lie? Yep. yep. <laughs> she was just joking. Hmm. Yeah. So, I and I think that one of the things that make those girls and you so amazing is the woman that's behind all of you. <laughs> There's a driving force there like no other. Did you hear me? That's Absolutely. right. Yeah, <laughs> there is, isn't there? 
Yeah, she she is a, she is a driver. Lacey is pretty strong. What the, what's that? Yep, and I know I, that woman loves you. Yeah, it's very very. What much can good. I mean? What can I you, we've talked about the fathers and I know. Okay, we've talked about the All fathers right. and we've talked about the children, but what about a ministry to the wives? What? What, you know, what can be done to help the wives and and that of the prisoners? What can we do out here on this side of the fence? You you know, Lace and I have talked and, um, you know, we've had discussions. And for me, I know that um, active ministry walking out of here is is probably going to be a major part of my life. Um, I don't feel like I can just answer the call to be the Sunday Christian. I've got to be involved in doing some things. And Lace, right. on that same token, she, through going through this experience, she's become equipped. God lets us go through some experiences so we can, so that we can help other people, so that we can use the gifts He gives us to do that. And for her, it's that it, it's that same thing for her to be able to reach out and minister to wives that have went through this. Um, there's a ministry there, and there's a calling on her heart, and, and she knows that and sees that. So the way that we you know, pray and ask God to open up those doors of opportunity and put things together. We have social media platforms, other things, and, and we should. We should be getting things together where, where Christian women can come together and can speak about these things because they are hard times. For a woman to stand behind us through these things, my wife takes care of uh, two little girls and and her, her husband, who is somewhat like a small child because of the needs that he has. I mean, there's so much that she does on both ends, and they need that. We just talked yesterday, mm-hmm. and she said, I have to have other Christian women in my life. We have to be fellowshipping. That is a, that is a necessity for my life. I have to be able to be fed through that. So bringing women together under that, under, under that umbrella the umbrella that, hey, we have people that are incarcerated, we have people that are struggling, and, and our families are broken apart right now, and we definitely need to be looking into ways to optimize ministry in that area. I want to, I still want to get the Safe and Sober house open again, and and God keeps putting it on my heart to to do it where it's affordable for people to get into it. Because it's so expensive for people to get into safe and sober houses. Right. And so I want it to where people can come out of prison and be able to afford to get in it and do it according to their needs, not according to their pocketbooks. Exactly. Right. And we see that and down here. That's my North plan. Idaho is very short. North Idaho is extremely short on faith-based halfway houses. Uh, there's not a lot of them up there, so there is a need. Yeah. Um, Part of my story goes, the prison has asked me to come up with, or the parole commission has asked me to come up with a plan that does not involve going back up to North Idaho right now. So we've had to make some decisions. Um, We've decided that it would not be a responsible choice to move Lace and the girls down here right now. Uh, So I am going actually to a halfway, or a faith-based halfway house down here. And one of the things we see is these things start off with a great intention, they do well, and it can very easily become about money. We know we kind of know how money can be a driving force for right. some really bad things. Um, so I've I've done my homework and found a couple places that I think are still holding on to um, Christian values, faith. It's not about money; it hasn't become about that. But absolutely, trying to make affordable right. places for people to come out and go, and for them to strengthen their faith and solid set that foundation to having Christ as they take that next step out into the world is very important. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's my, my goal. And I may be coming into some money. And if I do, that's where that money's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we know that's a ministry. We know that needs to be done up here. There's nothing up here where we live. So, what would be um, something that you would want everybody to know or everybody to hear or what is your great, what are your prayer requests? Because we're about ready to close the show. So what, in the last few minutes, what would you want to say, Levi? I just, um, you know, I want people to know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of stigma and stereotype that goes around what's going on in prison. Um, You know, and there's a lot of worldly views. Um, 
I ask the Christian men and women out there to be who they are, that they know they are in Christ, and and to to be with those that are in prison as though they were chained with them, and understand and know and keep keep us in your prayer life here, because uh, we're keeping you guys in, in prayer life out there, and and lift up these fathers uh, in prayer that, that they will continue on to lead their families, be mighty men of God. Um, and just know, just know you've got a whole bunch of men in extremely difficult situations that are praying for situations out there, whether it's earthquakes in California or tropical storms in Louisiana or just your everyday needs mm-hmm. for single moms that are struggling or whatever the need may be. We're in here praying for you guys, and we just ask that you guys would do the same for us. And that's how it works. Casting Crowns has a song, and it's called If We Are the Body. And if we are the body of Christ, why aren't our arms open wide? And I just ask, open up your arms. Uh, you're called. That's what you're called to do as Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that song again? It's, uh, it's called uh, If We Are the Body by Casting Crowns, I believe. Okay. Pretty amazing wow. song. That's, it is. It is. Well, and so this, we have already pre-recorded our show for next next Friday because we will be with Levi and Lacey with the pre, pre-board, pre-sentencing board in Boise next week. So we will covet your prayers next week. And um, we will keep you updated as to what goes on. We won't really know anything until September when we go back to the board, but we will let you know that date because we don't know that date yet. We'll know closer to September, way closer to September. So, Levi, we appreciate you. Um, we love you. And we are, we are proud to be called your sisters in Christ. And we love your family. Annette, anything? Well, we love you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I love you guys, too. And okay, um, we, God bless you right. guys. And thanks a lot for giving me the opportunity to be on. All right. All righty. Bye-bye. But God bless. Bye. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abadaddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.